Update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo, midday to 1 p.m. And we start with the Constitutional Court uh, uh, judgment and uh, the court has dismissed applications for the direct leave to appeal against the judgment and order by the High Court in Pretoria. Now, Public Protector Advocate Busisiwe Mkwebane and the Economic Freedom Fighters wanted to appeal against the judgment and order by the High Court uh, that interdicted her from enforcing her remedial action that's contained in a report published by the Public Protector known as the Rogue Unit report. So for more on this, we join on the line by our political reporter Nomalizo Mandela. Nomalizo, good afternoon. So if you can uh, please uh, just uh, take us back first. Uh, why did the EFF and the public protector apply for leave to appeal against this particular judgment? Um, good afternoon, Sakina, and good afternoon to the listeners. Um, so yes, as you said uh, correctly in your intro, the appeal has been dismissed. And this is regarding a, a case that the EFF and uh, the public protector um, approached the Constitutional Court to, to basically rule against or rather uh, um, reverse the interim um, interdict that was granted by the Pretoria High Court um, last, sometime last year in uh, July. Um, now, obviously, this case is regarding the um, the report by the public protector against uh, Pravin Godan, who at the time was the Minister of Finance. Um, and it, it actually it 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 it, um, it refers to two reports. So the first report was the report on um, uh, the granting of Mr. Pele an early retirement where uh, the public protector actually found that it was an improper decision that uh, uh, Mr. Pravin, uh, um, uh, the action that Mr. Pravin uh, did or took, um, and it, it bordered on maladministration. And um, the second finding, or at least the second report, it was on the rogue unit, where it was found that uh, some illegal activities uh, took place uh, within that unit. Um, and so in, in her report, or the, the, the remedial findings were instructing the president that um, he needs to take a specific disciplinary action against um, the province. Um, and it, given, it basically stipulated the period within the, that action was to be taken, which was 30 days from the release of the report. Um, subsequently, um, Mr. Pravin approached the court, basically challenging uh, the report and um, re- requiring it to go for a judicial review, and also at the same time applying to have the implementation of the remedial action to be set aside. Um, and this was then granted by the Pretoria High Court. And it is at this point then that the public protector then approached um, the Constitutional Court to challenge that um, uh, that order by the High Court to set the implementation of the remedial actions aside, basically saying that because the public protector is, or the public protector's office is a constitutionally mandated institution, this move by the High Court, it basically um, impedes or it weakens the powers that um, uh, that come with the office, and therefore it should not just be granted you know, uh, willy-nilly, there should be specific considerations 
taken into account when such an order or an application is made. Um, and then this was obviously um, joined by the EFF basically arguing uh, the same point and basically saying that this also will render uh, the public to lose basically faith on the powers or the functions of the public protector if anybody could just approach the court to challenge or rather to uh, um, um, to, to stop or to prevent the implementation of its remedial action. Um, so this case was specifically just on that, on whether it should be that simple for the powers of the, or rather the, the remedial action of the public protector to be set aside. Normalizo Mandela, thank you so much for that. Our uh, political reporter, Normalizo Mandela, uh, who is following that uh, particular case for us. So for more on this and, you know, just trying to understand better what is actually going on here, we're joined on the line by uh, Claude Leon Foundation Chair in Constitutional Governance at the University of Cape Town and author of the blog, Constitutionally Speaking, Professor Pierre de Foss. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, firstly, Professor DeFoss, the Constitutional Court found that the test for interdicting the remedial action in a report of the public protector was correctly applied by the High Court. Just talk to us about that and, and, and what that actually means. Well, it means that the, the public protector has really said that she should be treated differently, say, from the president or parliament or whatever, because she would be undermined if, if people could just interdict her reports um, and it would make it ineffective. And, and the court said, no, the, 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 the test that is there at the moment um, already takes account of, of any negative consequences of granting an inter, inter, um, interdict. In this case, in any case, it would not in any way affect the effectiveness of the public protector because by the time the interdict happens, the, the investigation has happened, there's already a report, um, and this is just to protect those parties who might be negatively affected by a report uh, until the court, of course, finally decides on whether the report should be set aside. So it basically just, the court just uh, confirmed the existing um, uh, applicable law and said that the High Court had applied it correctly, except, of course, when it came to the cost, when the court made a different order. Indeed. And speaking to that, um, it, uh, this judgment actually set aside the High Court in Pretoria, uh, that order for personal costs against um, um, Advocate Mkwebane, and it replaced it with, and I quote, uh, the public protector is ordered to pay Mr. Praveen Jamnandas Gordon, uh, Vesvanathan Pillay, uh, Mr. George um, Virgil Mahashula's cost, including the cost and uh, the cons- uh, that cons- that's consequent upon the employment of two counsel. So, for us as the lay public, what does this mean for the public protector? Well, it means that she personally, from her own pocket, from a private fund, she doesn't have to pay the cost as the High Court ordered. The High Court made a mistake because it did not make a specific finding that she acted in bad faith or um, all those things required for a personal cost order. So that means that the public protector's office will pay the cost, but she personally would not pay the cost. Um, and, and in that sense, the win for the public protective because she's not having to be able, she, she won't personally be liable. So with regard to the case overall, where does this leave us now? Um, it doesn't really change much. It really confirms the law. So I, I said to your producer earlier that it's a bit of a boring case. The only interesting part is really right at the end where the court 
uh, warns the public not to attack either the judges or the public protector in a way that is not reasoned, that is not based on what the court or the public protector had in fact done or said. You know, if you accuse somebody of being a spy or what, those kind of things. So, and the court pleaded with the public to um, be a little bit more circumspect in the way in which uh, the public goes about engaging with the work of the court and with the public protector, which it seems to me very reasonable in the circumstance. Professor DeFoss, thanks so much for your time. Uh, Professor uh, Pierre DeFoss is uh, the uh, chairperson of the Claude Leon Foundation in Constitutional Governance at the University of Cape Town and also author of the blog Constitutionally Speaking.